What if I told you that you can design and live the life that you want on your own terms? Would you do it? Would you take a leap into the unknown? Or would you settle for a life of limits? A life of safety but lacking true meaning? Zeph and Moses Blacksburg here, and I'm on a journey to help you ignite your inner passions, let go of your fears, and get more out of life. Will you join me and make this year your year of purpose? Welcome to the Year of Purpose podcast. So what I hope that you guys leave with today is basically a sense of where you are in life. So what fears do you have? What obstacles are you trying to overcome? Is it in life and work? Anywhere in your, in your life. Um, and so I want to start off with this. Does anyone know there are two fears that you are actually born with in life? Does anyone know what they are? Falling. What is fear of death? Lights. Falling is one. Anyone else on the other one? Public speaking, well, that's a fear of mine, so it's only fitting that I'm talking about fear today because I am afraid of public speaking as well. The other one is loud noises. So uh, there's two big fears on top of public speaking that I really grew up with. Uh, the first one is roller coasters, and the second one is needles. And so here's why. So when I was about 14 or 15, I was on this sporting team that traveled all across the country uh, in our summertime. We would go to competitions. And one day we had some time off and we go to a theme park. And I said to my coach, you know, I'm like 14, 15. I think I'm invincible. I can do anything, right? So I'm like, we're going on a roller coaster before I leave today. Make sure that I go on a roller coaster. That was a bad idea. <laughs> I, I instantly regretted telling her that because I knew that she would make sure that I did not leave the park that day without going on a roller coaster. And I had never been, so I had no clue what to expect. So we walk into the park. She grabs a map of where the rides are in the park. And she looks at it and finds the biggest, baddest roller coaster. Uh, little did I know, it was actually like the third largest drop on a roller coaster in the country. And she says, let's go. And I go, uh-oh. <laughs> So we walk up, we get in line, I'm starting to get nervous, getting really nervous, more nervous than speaking in front of you guys right now. And she's like, what? She puts her hand on her hip, goes, what? I said, I'm nervous. And she says, I've got heart problems, I've got high blood pressure, I'm on this medication, I'm on that medication, and you can't get on that ride? I'm like, okay, man, like you really have all that stuff? Okay, I guess I'm doing okay here, let's do this. So we get up into the chair, and uh, you know, we get our seat, we go up the big climb to the top. And right before we get to the top, she turns to me and she said, you know all that stuff that I said to you while we were waiting in line? And she didn't say stuff, she said a different word, but you can guess that one. <laughs> At this point, I kung fu gripped the chair in front of me, probably the person who was in front of me had a second seatbelt at this point, and I'm freaking out, and she says, I lied. And the whole way down, I screamed, I'm going to kill you. And the person in front of me was already passing out because I was holding them so tightly. And from that day on, I've been afraid of roller coasters. Why? Because I had a bad experience. So I always labeled roller coasters as being tied in with being lied to. And that's what I remember that as. Another fear that I have is needles. So when I was growing up, my parents chose not to vaccinate me. Now we can talk about that issue another time, but the point is I did not have many experiences where I was given a needle in my arm. 
And so going into that, when I was probably 15 or 16, I had to go in for just a typical blood test with, you know, doctor does a checkup. And I sit down, you know, they wrap the little thing around your arm, you sit there and they pull out the tubes one by one just because they want to scare you. And next thing I know, there's like 11, 12, there's 13 tubes on the table. And I'm just like, I don't know if there's enough blood in my body to go into all of these tubes. And I passed out. He didn't even pull the needle out of the drawer yet and I passed out. And that fear was because I had this idea that when he sticks this needle into my arm, either A, I'm gonna deflate like a balloon and just pop, or B, it's going to hurt so bad that I'm gonna pass out anyway. But before that even happened, before I had the chance to feel that, I was gone. And so the differences between these two fears is that one of them was based off of this preconceived idea of what was actually going to happen, right? So I passed out from the needle because I had this clue of what was going to happen, but I had never experienced it before, so I had nothing to go off of, right? Versus the experience with the roller coaster, I had been lied to, so it was a bad experience. So either one thing's going to happen where it's a bad experience, or we think it's going to be a bad experience, right? So how do we overcome that? How do we take an obstacle that we have in our life where we're stuck and get past that? Well, it's really hard, to be honest. You know, Nike says, just do it. It's not very easy, but if we can understand that it's something as simple as we have this false notion in our mind of what it's going to be like, we can start from there and kind of bring it down to the basics and bring it down to what really is going to happen. I'm going in for a blood test, right? Like, the best thing that could happen is they come back, they say, I'm totally healthy. Like, wouldn't you want to know that? You would want to find out that you're healthy. So if you can focus on the positive, you can overcome this preconceived notion in your mind. Now, with the other event, with having a bad experience, it happened already, right? You can't go back and rewind in the tape and just erase over it. But the way that our minds work is that we can actually generate a new experience. So what are you guys afraid of? Shout out a couple of fears, whether it's clowns, not being good enough, not making enough money, whatever it is. Give me, give me one. Somebody's got to be afraid of something. Drowning. Oh, snakes. Drowning. Snakes. Anything else? Dad? Who here is afraid to even tell me? <laughs> So it, everybody has fear, right? And so whether you're afraid of clowns, whether you're afraid of not making enough money in your business or not supporting your family, when you create that experience that you can almost overwrite that with, it kind of wipes out that memory in our mind. So what do you do? Well, maybe you decide, I'm gonna buy tickets to go to the circus, right? But I'm gonna have a couple of drinks beforehand with my friends, we're gonna laugh it up, and it's gonna be a really good time. And from the, that point on, I realized that clowns are just people acting in costumes, right? Like, it's not a big deal. I'm not asking you to go and be a snake wrangler for a day. That's probably not the best way to go about doing it. But when you create that experience so that you can remember a good memory about what's going on, it's going to be much better off for you in the long run. So what did I do with this knowledge once I figured it out? I mean, I was only like 15 when I figured out these two things, right? So uh, when I graduated college, I had a job fresh out of college. Two weeks after school, had a job, I was set. And a year after working there, I show up to work one day, a lawyer walks in, pink slip. You just lost your job. The company got bought out, we're moving to Chicago, everyone was let go. And I got crushed. I was afraid of doing something great at that point in time because I realized that if I just get a job, well, it's only gonna end in failure again or it's only gonna end in disappointment. 
So I went on unemployment, and uh, for a good three months, I freelanced while I was on unemployment. I learned how to get my own clients, and I talked to some people from my past company, and I said, hey, look, you know, the company got sold. I need some work. You know that I did great video work there. I'd love to come do some work for you. And fortunately, three or four people actually did step up and say, hey, I need that. Um, a little while later, I actually got picked up. I worked at the Apple Store. So the Genius Bar is where you take your iPhones and your iPods when they're broken, which leads me into my next story. Um, I started working at Apple, and you think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm working for one of the largest companies in the world, one of the coolest and hippest companies in the world. And you know, being somebody who's two years now out of college, it's, you know, it's what you want to tell your parents. You want to come home and make them proud. You want to tell them that you did this. You, know, you got a job at one of the greatest companies in the world. And a year, well, six months into that, the magic faded. You know, I was, at the end of the day, I'm in a customer service position, right? So I'll never forget that about one year, almost one year into working there, uh, somebody comes marching in, the store's busy. There's like 200 people. She beelines it for the back and just, I could tell she was mad. She wanted to make a scene for everybody to see. And she takes out her phone, hands it to me, and says, rah, 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 rah. Like it was like, you know, in Charlie Brown when the teacher just goes, ma, ma, ma. I had tuned it out because I had become so numb to what was going on. And that happens to a lot of us. Some of us settle for a job that we're kind of good at, maybe like, you know, maybe we settle for even starting a business that we kind of like or maybe good at, but we become numb to it. We don't realize that there's so much more out there to do. So while she's yelling at me, uh, I see in the corner of my eye actually somebody, one of my clients from when I was freelancing, who's standing there watching this whole thing go down. And I'm embarrassed, of course. And eventually she gets taken out by plainclothes police officers. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up to me and says, what are you doing for dinner? I said, hopefully having a drink, right? <laughs> and uh, he took me out to dinner that night after work. He came back, picked me up. We went out to a really nice steakhouse. And the first thing he asked me is, what are you doing here? You know, he saw me at my old company. He knew I was happy there. He knew I didn't have that anymore. He saw me working for myself. He was like, why are you still here? Why are you settling for mediocrity? So he asked the bartender for a little napkin, you know, those little square ones they have at the bar. And he pulls out a pen. He says, how much do you make right now? And I was really embarrassed. I told him, I was like, I make $30,000 a year. I still live in my parents' house. So he writes 30000 at the top, and he writes zero on the bottom. And he draws 12 little steps on it. And he says, pull out your phone, open up your calculator. Take 30,000 and divide it by, I think it's 260. If you work five days a week, 52 weeks out of the year, he says, divide it by 360, $115. He said, that is what you have to make to replace this job. Now, I could go out and mow four or five lawns for probably 115 bucks, right? I don't want to, but the point is that it's that simple to replace that amount of money. He broke it down into a goal that I could actually achieve. I was no longer trying to replace $30,000. I was trying to replace $115 five times a week. Well, the next day I walked into the Apple store with a resignation letter, handed it in to the manager. Two weeks later, I started my business, CMB Media, a Baltimore-based video production company. And within about six months of being there, after networking, doing everything right, researching online, overcoming every obstacle. You know, I had to pay for an accountant, a lawyer, I had to get the LLC. I mean, it, it is not easy when you're a broke kid without a job trying to start a business. But I overcame each and every fear of saying, well, let's break this down into that smaller step. How can I go about making this happen? Well, I need an LLC. 
who gives you an LLC? A lawyer gives you an LLC. Okay, let's ask around. Does anyone know a lawyer who can give me an LLC? And the LLC was formed, right? So it was no longer I need to start a business. It was these little steps that got me to where I was. And so I think that it's really important that if we realize that whatever the fear is, whether it was a bad situation or this bad idea in our mind of what it could be like, as long as we break it down into those smaller steps, we're going to be able to overcome that. And the same thing happened again. I was a year and a half into my business and I said, what do I really want to do? Well, I've worked for a year and a half. I want to travel. I want to travel, travel for a whole month. I want to leave on November 1st and I don't want to come back until the 30th. And I did. I was afraid. I had never traveled alone. I had never traveled on my own. I taught myself how to travel hack, so the flights cost me next to nothing. YouTube and Google is your friend with that one. It's super easy, actually. I didn't know how to uh, find places to sleep at night. Well, there's this really cool thing called Airbnb, and there's couch surfing. I slept on random strangers' couches, and it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and so from November 1st, I left, and the first step was this, buy a plane ticket, right? I didn't look at it as I'm going to be gone for a whole month because if I did that, the fear comes up of, well, I'm not working for a whole month. Where does the money come from? What happens when I get back? What if I get back and there's nothing there? And you play that what if game in your mind. Everybody does this when it comes to fear, right? You've been there. You've done that. You've heard that little voice in your head. And so my little step there was buy the plane ticket. So I bought a plane ticket from Baltimore to Denver. And then I bought a ticket from Denver to San Francisco. And then I bought a ticket from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and Los Angeles to Dallas, and Dallas back home right after Thanksgiving. And actually, it was one of the coolest Thanksgivings I spent with someone who was in my entrepreneurial mastermind group. And I got to meet her family, and I actually got to make them a Rice Krispie full-size turkey that was stuffed with M&Ms. <laughs> so being able to generate that experience, though, wouldn't have happened unless I had looked at it and said, OK, what's the smaller step here? What am I afraid of, and how am I going to get over that? You know, we could have gone back to the Nike, just do it, just buy the ticket to go. But it wasn't going to work in my head, right? Like, I'm going to still play that what-if game of spending all this money. What am I doing? What happens when I come back? And sure enough, I got back. And uh, I looked in my invoicing software. I worked a little bit while I was on the road. And I made the same amount of money while I was gone on the road, not working, just booking video for the next month as I did the previous month. And that was the reality. You know, as soon as I saw that and realized that the only fear that I really had, which was coming back to nothing, was gone, I did it again. So December came around. I went on a 3,000-mile road trip around the country because I wanted to. So what I ask you is this. What is it that you really want to do? Is there some place in your life, whether it's family, in life, in work, wherever, that you're settling? Is there something that you really want to achieve? Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to talk. Whatever it is, take that idea, break it down just like we did with the little 12 stairs, and what are the 12 parts that you need to get that to happen? And so what I want to leave you with is this. I actually started a podcast in January of this year because I realized that there are people all over the globe who are doing these amazing things. And actually, this afternoon, I'm getting ready to go interview uh, the first woman to have ever stand-up paddleboarded the Bering Strait, 28 miles in 11 hours. And she's preparing to leave in a few weeks here to row a boat from Japan to San Francisco. That wouldn't have happened had she not taken the first step in saying, what do I need to do to do this? How do I break this down? What are my fears? And how do I overcome them? 
So the podcast is called the Year of Purpose podcast. For everyone who has a smartphone, I will explain to you how you can get access to that in just a little bit. But I just want to leave you with this. You know, what is it that you really want to accomplish today? What is it that you put on your to-do list tomorrow that's going to get pushed off to the next day and the next day that's never going to get done that you can say, I'm going to start right now? Thanks. You've probably heard me talk about designing a life that you actually want to live. You might have even heard about my travels or experiences and thought to yourself, yeah, I do want to do that. Eventually, someday I'll probably do it. And my guess is that you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. So I want to tell you this, stop thinking. Your time is right now. You don't need any more time. You don't need any more info. You don't need to keep putting it off and planning for the perfect time because the truth of the matter is this. You could be the person who sits around and thinks about living a better life, or you can be the person that decides that today is the day that you're going to actually do it and I want that for you. Because you already have what it takes. You've got a fire inside, even if you can't see it right now. It's lit, but you need to open yourself up to the possibilities and throw a couple logs into the flames. So join me and the Euro Purpose tribe by subscribing to our YouTube channel and iTunes podcast. And if you really like us, please leave a review. This is Effin Moses Blacksburg, and I can't wait to see you again on the Year of Purpose podcast.